Father, we just thank you for your goodness, grace, mercy, love, kindness, peace and joy. Lord, we just thank you for all the good things that you have for us, Lord. We just thank you that you've given us every spiritual blessing, Lord God. You've given everything we need, Father God, given us everything we need. We just thank you for it, Lord, and we just pray this morning that your spirit would just be among us, Lord, that you just open up our eyes to see what wonders and, and what glory you have for us, Father God, Lord. And, Father, to know the love that you have for us, Lord, how deep, wide and high it is, Father God. We just thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so just thinking about blessings, um, sort of carrying on a little bit from last week. I'm just going to, want, going to read a little bit from Galatians 3 today and also go back um, and read the story of Balaam. I don't know if any of you guys know that. That was a guy who um, was on a donkey that wouldn't go somewhere because there was an angel in the path. So um, God gave the donkey the ability to speak and uh, he had a bit of a chat with Balaam and said, hey, if I hadn't stopped, you would have been killed. So it's interesting, these sorts of stories. I want to go a little bit further into that just to see what was Balaam's mission in the first place. Why was he even on this donkey and why was God stopping him? Um, and I want to do it in this sense. Um, the blessings of God are for us. I just want you to know that the blessings of God are for us. And as we read through a little bit of Galatians chapter 3, I just want you to start to think about it, okay? Because I can say that to you, hey, God wants to bless you. And so many people say, oh, I think that's probably right, but there's a lot of um, conditions on that. There's a lot of conditions for God's blessing. If I don't do this, if I don't do that, if I don't live my life right, rah, 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 which I guess is true in a way. But it's not the truth. Because um, we're going to look at Abraham. He's the first guy who, who really God got together with and said, you know what, I'm going to bless you. I'm just going to bless you, Abraham, because you have shown faith in me. And because of his faith, it was counted to him as righteousness. Okay? So what I want you to do is start to wrestle with the fact that Abraham was blessed before the law ever came in. Okay? There was no law. That was given through Moses. Abraham was before Moses. So there's many of us today that will just think, if I don't do everything right, God's going to not bless me. He's going to just not bless me. But um, I was talking with someone a little while ago and they're talking about Abraham and they're saying Abraham was a jerk. And I said, yeah, you're right, he was. He was. He tried to give his wife up on a couple of occasions um, and he did a lot of other things wrong, but yet God said... This man is a man I'm going to bless. He made a covenant with him to bless. And thinking about this in regards to promises, if I promise you something, I hope you believe me, but there's a chance that I won't follow through with what I promise, right? Because I'm human, I sometimes get it wrong, I might be caught up at work if I promise my kids, you know, hey, we're going to go to the pool after work. And I get home, but it's like 9 o'clock at night because something happened. I can't keep my promises. But I want you to think about this in terms of God our Father. A promise is only as good as the person who gives that promise, right? If I'm not trustworthy, that promise means nothing. Um, So many companies advertise that. You know, it's like, hey, you know, what we're going to do is if you don't like the product, we'll give you your money back because it's no good or whatever. There's a guarantee. But there's 
a saying that says there's no guarantees in life. Sometimes things go wrong and promises aren't kept. And the promise is only as good as the one who gives it. And there's no one who is as good as God. There's no one as perfect as God. There, there just isn't. And what God says about his promises, that they are yes and amen in Jesus Christ, and not only that, when God promised Abraham, who did he swear by? Himself. Because if I'm making an oath, I'll say, you know, we shouldn't make oaths, just so you know this, we, we're not to do that. God said, don't do that. Don't promise these things and make oaths, just say yes or no. Let your yes be yes, your no be no. So that's on the point. But if someone does make an oath, you don't go and swear on the grasshopper on the ground. You say, oh, yes, swear by this grasshopper on the ground. You say, I swear by God in heaven that I'm going to do this. You only make an oath on someone who's greater than you, right? Does that make sense? But when God made a promise that says there's no one greater, so he had to swear by himself, basically. He backs up his own promise because God is God and, and God can do no wrong. He is good and he's good all the time. And as we start to read this, because we, we talked a little bit about um, last week about how Jesus Christ became a curse for us, okay? He became a curse for us. Why? So that we could be redeemed from the curse of the law. We're redeemed from it. And I started to mention about Deuteronomy 28, which I'd love to read you the first, I think, 11 verses uh, a bit later on, just to, to show you what God's blessings are for you. And then I want you to wrestle with it because, honestly, I can guarantee that there are people here that don't think God wants to bless them. And if they do, they think he wants to bless them, but it's very conditional on who they are, not what Christ has done. And this is why we're looking at Galatians because these, these guys, Paul was talking to me, he said, hey, you guys, you did good. You started out in faith. You believed on Christ and you started out in faith, but you got so enslaved again to the law about getting things right, trying to earn this salvation that you have. But God's saying, no, you don't earn it. Jesus Christ paid the price. Jesus Christ became the curse for you. Why? So the blessing of Abraham can come upon you. And that is why the story of Balaam is so important in this. Anyway, I just want to tell you another story for now because this might sort of hopefully get you thinking. You know how we have the best intentions sometimes? We just want to do the right thing um, or believe the right thing or, or think we're going about things the right way but we're doing it wrong. I just want to tell you a story. There's a guy um, collecting money for blind associations, okay? So standing outside the shop, I don't know if you've ever seen that guy that collects for retina around Darwin and he sits out there and sometimes he has his dog sitting there. Anyway, this lady comes up and uh, she wanted to give. So she had the right motive. She's like, I just want to give to this thing. So what she did, she started to take some coins out of her pocket, okay? And, and she thought, you know what? In her head, she's thinking, yeah, I'm going to bless this person. I'm going to somehow bless this association. And she was actually a little bit blind herself as well. So really, it got to the heart of the thing. It wasn't just out of charity. It's probably a bit of like, you know, um, this, this has affected me and I just want to give in to that. So she started to put coins in the top of the dog. But guess what? It was a real dog. <laughs> Just like the guy had the, has, has that little seeing eye dog and you know the old plastic ones that were about this big and you put the coins in. Well, she thought the dog was that. Now, that's pretty shocking, right? 
the dog probably wasn't all that happy. <laughs> She's pushing in. But you know what? Sometimes we're so blind. We're so blind because we think we're doing the right thing or we think we're believing the right thing. Now, this morning, we, we might have some people here this morning who say, Neil, what, what you're going to say today really is wrong. That's fine. That's your, your decision. There's nothing wrong with that. We all got to come to a, our realisation of our faith. But do you know what I think? That we miss out on a whole lot of stuff because we got wrong belief systems. We miss out on the very best that God has for us because we've got wrong belief systems. And one of the things about getting caught up in, in doing the right thing and always being right and doing right to earn what God wants is that you can never do it. Number one, you just can't do it. Number two, it just makes you worse and worse because as you realise just how rotten you are, um, and this is what God said the law was for, to show you how bad you are really, that you can't keep it. The worse you feel about yourself, the worse you get, right? Has anyone ever done that? Where you're just like doing something and you just say, well, just blow it, blow it. I just can't do this, so I'm just not going to bother. I don't know if anyone's ever felt like that. You just quit. It's like, you know, I'm trying so hard to be good, but I just can't do it, God. So I'm just not going to bother. I'm just going to live this way because, you know... It's impossible, God. I just can't do it. So let's um, read a little bit from Galatians chapter 3, okay? Just trying to think how much to read. There's so much good stuff. Maybe you can do a bit of reading yourself of Galatians 3, all right? Let's go to Galatians 3, 3, verse 7. Therefore, know that only those who are of faith are the sons of Abraham. Okay, this is important because we're talking about the blessings of Abraham coming on us, right? And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand saying, in you all the nations shall be blessed. So then those that are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. For as many as are the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, Curse is everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. Okay, so that's looking at Deuteronomy 27. But that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident, for the just shall live by faith. Yet the law is not of faith, but the man who does them shall live by them. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, Curse is everyone who hangs on a tree that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Brethren, I speak in the manner of men, though it is only a man's covenant, yet if it is confirmed, no one annuls or adds to it. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He does not say, and to seeds, as, as of many, but as of one, and your seed who is Christ. And this I say, that the law, which was 430 years later, cannot annul the covenant that was confirmed before God in Christ, that it should make the promise of no effect. For if the inheritance is of the law, it is no longer of promise, but God gave it to Abraham by promise. Okay? And then it goes on to talk about what purpose is the law. What's the purpose of the Bible? It's basically to show that we just can't live righteously. Back up a little bit on those. I might just change this version.
Okay. Galatians 3.10. Just want you to think about this. But those who depend on the law to make them right with God are under his curse. Okay. What it's saying is this. If you think that it's by doing right, by only obeying God's laws, that you're made right with God, you're under a curse. Because everyone who does not observe and obey all the commands that are written in God's book, the law, are under that curse. Okay? So what, what it's really saying is if you think that it's by doing just all the right things all your life that God's blessing can come upon you, then in fact you'll be put under a curse. Why? Because you're cursed if you don't obey every single letter of the law. Who here today can honestly say, I've never ever broken one of the things in the Bible? Yep, no, nah, there's no one up the back. <laughs> there really isn't. No one. No one has not broken the law somewhere. Even after you receive Christ, isn't it quite possible that you did something wrong? I think it is. Because the blood of Christ was shed for our sin and not only that, it it continues to work for our sin. When we do the wrong thing, we are justified by faith in what? Jesus Christ. We are justified or made right with God because we believe on what Jesus Christ did. So the blessing of Abraham is this, that Jesus Christ would come through him and in Jesus Christ all the nations will be blessed and they would receive the blessing of Abraham. Okay? Does that make sense? Because there's some of you here today will go, well, that can't be right because I can only be blessed by God if I do everything right. In fact, you can't. If you want to walk that way and live that way as a Christian, you'll become religious, dry and dead because it's all about doing the right thing. And eventually you'll get to that stage where you either harden your heart to what God is saying because you know you can't do it or you start to take the focus off yourself and you start to look at other people's lives and you say, look at them, they're sinners. And so you let the the word of God not affect you in any way because it's always transferred to someone else. It's like, oh, that's about them. Oh, yeah, that word was for them. Gee, I wish so-and-so was in church today because that would have been good for them. You see, living by the law starts to tie you up because you just can't do it. It's very, very frustrating And what it says in Galatians 3.12 is the way of faith is very different from the way of the law, which says it is through obeying the law that a person has life. But Christ has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law. What is that curse? That if you don't do everything, you're under a curse. We understand, Christians, the curse has been lifted off our life. The curse has been lifted off our life Why? So the blessings of Abraham could come upon us. And you might say, but but Neil, does that mean that nothing ever bad will happen or I can just live how I want and nothing, there's no consequence? Of course not. That's the other beauty about the Bible. It has a great law, the law of sowing and reaping. Whatever you sow to, you'll reap from. And so we can't just live how we want without any consequence. We really can't. Because if I'm sowing to the things of my flesh, the Bible says I'm going to reap death and corruption. Is that from God? 
No, it's not. The curse has been lifted. Well, where's it from? It says, from the flesh you will reap death and corruption. Try and stay with me. You say, well, isn't it God who makes us sick to teach us a lesson? No, it's not. The curse is lifted. We're going to look at the blessings a bit later on. When you start to look at the curse of the Lord, do you know what's in that? There's so much that it's just incredible. But it talks about boils and sicknesses and plagues and your crops failing and no rain, that someone else will take your wife, your kids will be killed, all these horrible things will happen in your life. And then it even says every disease that's not yet named is in this curse. It's covering an awful lot of ground, right? But I want you to hear this. The curse has been lifted. Why? Because we're going to read it again. If I can find it. (laughs) Fourteen, yeah. Thirteen. But Christ has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law. When he was hung on the cross, he took upon himself the curse for our wrongdoing. For it is written in the scriptures, curse is everyone who is hung on a tree. Through Jesus Christ, or Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles with the same blessing he promised Abraham, so that we who are believers might receive the promised Holy Spirit through faith. Now does that verse say to you that the curse is lifted? That's what it says to me. Because what it is, it's faith. It's faith now. It's not works, it's faith. Faith in what? What's your faith in? Faith in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is your righteousness. It's not just a saying, it's a truth. Jesus Christ took your sin. It's not just a saying, it's a truth. Jesus Christ took the penalty for your sin. That's not just a saying, that's the truth. So why is it then, if Jesus Christ took the penalty for your sin, that you think you still have to suffer under the hands of God now? Why is it? Well, sometimes it's just what we're brought up in our belief system. Like I say, it's like we've got to start to change this stuff. We, we just believe it because that's what we've been taught. Or we believe it because that's what we've experienced in life. Because we think sometimes, you know, that God's just in control of everything. Whatever happens, that's what God wants. Really? Do you really think that's true? Do you really think that a little kid that's molested is what God's plan is for that person? I'm not trying to shock you, but I'm just trying to get you to think. Very carefully about this. Because if you are saying that whatever happens is God's will, you can't just say that it applies to my life. You have to start to apply it to every single life in this planet. If you think God is in control of this world, he's a really, really, really bad manager, isn't he? Do you think the world's perfect and lovely and peaceful and joyful? The way that God wants it to be, it's not. It's really not that way, is it? 
And so if we start to just say, oh, whatever happens is God's will, we're fooling ourselves. We're just crazy in the head. Because do you think the things that happen in this world, God would say, yeah, that's what I wanted to happen? I really wanted that water break out there. That was my plan for this planet. I wanted this disease to come through and wipe out 10 million people. That was my plan from the start. It's not God's plan. We know that Adam handed over that authority to Satan, didn't he? And the Bible says more than once, including I'm pretty sure Jesus said it too, that that Satan is the God of this world. Satan is the God of this world, this world system and everything. And when Jesus was tempted by Satan, he took him and he said, look at all the kingdoms of the world. If you bow down and worship me, I'm going to give you all of them. Can you give what is not in your power to give? You can't, right? I don't think you can. I can't give you Neil Leake's car. If I do, (laughs) I'll be in trouble. But that got handed over to him. Now, this is important for us because we're starting to walk in a new kingdom. Does it mean that God has no control? He certainly does in our life and this is why Jesus came. He came to redeem those that were under the curse. He came to set at liberty the captives, to heal the sick, raise the dead, to preach the gospel to the poor. I know this is a little bit hard to sort of think about at the moment, but God is so amazing that he wants to turn this around. He wants to turn it around. How does he do this? Through Jesus Christ and people like you and me who have faith in Jesus Christ and want to bring the kingdom of God to this world. We want to grab hold of who God is and start to let his kingship come and start to establish his kingdom on earth. That is how he does it, through his church, through us, being obedient, starting to walk in in his promises that he has for us. And through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles, us, the ones who have faith, with the same blessing he promised Abraham so that we who are believers might receive the promised Holy Spirit through faith. We do receive the Holy Spirit, that power of God living inside of us, the power to change the world and to change us. What an awesome thing. Okay, we'll probably go more into this stuff a little bit later in the year, but I want you to start to think about that. I want you to start to think about it because we sometimes accept things Just like the lady tried to give money to that dog that wasn't really the dog. We just accept those things because that's what we believe. Now, I can guarantee that my belief system says this, that God does not want any sickness in here. Guarantee it. From what I've read in the Bible, I cannot see why that is something that God wants. Yet I know people are sick. Neil, are you saying that we should all not be sick? I'm saying it happens. Yes, it does. Even people I've prayed for, that I've loved, have died. Some haven't. Some have lived. Some have been healed. Some haven't. Well, what's the answer then, Neil? I don't know. I have to be honest. I just don't know. But I know that's not what God wants. Just because it's there doesn't mean God wants it. What do you mean? Well, does God want people to be saved? What's God's will on that? Well, the Bible says that it's not... God's will that any man should perish, but that all 
should have everlasting life. So we think, well, you know, if, if that's the case, if God doesn't want anyone to perish, but everyone to have everlasting life, why doesn't that happen? What's God's will? God's will for every man to be saved, right? Is every man saved? No, they're not. So that's number one. Start to go through that process in your head. Just because it is doesn't mean that's what God wants. Well, if someone dies, it's just what God wanted. Is it really? Sometimes it just might be. Sometimes God might take people. I can't guarantee that for sure, I guess. But there was a funeral procession going through a town with a little boy in the casket. Jesus saw that procession and he had compassion on them. He reached out and touched the boy and he brought him back to life. Now either Jesus was acting contrary to what God wanted and being deliberately disobedient to God's plan of the death of that boy... Well, he was reaching out in a new way to show us who God was because how was God revealed to us through Jesus Christ? How is God's nature and character revealed to us? Through Jesus Christ, right? What did Jesus go and do? He went around healing the sick and raising the dead, setting it free those that were captive, breaking the chains of the devil, casting out demons. Freedom, liberty, Blessing. And in fact, when Jesus was born, didn't it say peace on earth to all men? This is what I'm offering. My goodwill. This is what I want. This is my gift to you guys. I know this is sort of something to struggle with, okay? But we need to struggle with it. Because if we want to actually walk in those blessings, we have to firstly believe that they are ours. They are ours, okay? Let's go to Balaam and I'll just quickly read some of that. So we're looking at Numbers 22. Now this goes back to the blessing that was really on Abraham and Jacob and and I thought it was quite good to read because Because of what um, we talked about last week about Jacob and his tenacity saying, I'm not going to leave till you're blessed. Now what happened here was there was a king who wanted to curse the Israelites. Okay, His name was Balak, King Balak or Balak or something. And there was a man in that place called Balaam who had uh, apparently had a power to find out about cursing and blessing people and And the king knew that if he cursed someone, they'd be cursed. If he blessed someone, they'd be blessed. So what he did was he called for him and he said, I'll give you everything, whatever you want, if you come and curse Israelites. Because they were coming in and and they seemed to have this amazing power behind them, which they did, which was God. Okay, so God actually appeared to Balaam and he said to him, don't go. Don't go. He appeared to him in a dream. But he did anyway. And so what happened, this is the story of the donkey, that he was going along and there was an angel in front of him and the donkey moved out of the way. So Balaam beats the donkey and it happened three times. The third time was when God got the donkey to speak 
And in Numbers 22.12, that's where God said, don't go with them. You're not to curse these people for they've been blessed. Okay, this is God blessing. I want you to think about it. God blessing. Balaam had been told by God, I've blessed these people, don't curse them. It's not going to work. And I want us to start to think about that in regard to ourselves. If God has actually blessed us, can anyone actually really harm us in that way without us letting them? I don't think they can. Okay, so in verse 22 is where we see God was angry with Balaam for going. That's why he sent the angel of the Lord to block the donkey in verse 22. Keep going down. Verse 31. When Balaam's eyes were open, he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the roadway with a drawn sword in his hand. Balaam bowed his head, fell down on the ground before him. And then God questions him, why did you beat the donkey, etc., etc.? Okay, so it started out that God said, firstly, don't go and curse these people, okay? That was the first plan, don't go and do it. My blessing's upon them. And we're going to see how this turns around. In three times he was asked to curse them by the king. God said to him, all right, you shouldn't have gone, but guess what, I want you to go now, just go with those men. So he does. Bit of a long story. Let's go to the next chapter, 23. What Balaam does is set up seven altars and they sacrifice bulls and rams on each altar. And the king was with him in this, so what they're doing was like trying to seek what does God want in this situation. He already knew that God said don't curse them, okay? And he made a deal with the king, all right, what I'll do then is what God tells me to do. In Numbers 23, verse 8, we'll just read some of that, 8, 9, 10. How can I curse those who God has not cursed? How can I condemn those whom the Lord has not condemned? I see them from the clifftops. I watch from from the hills. I see people who live by themselves, set apart from other nations. Who can count Jacob's descendants as numerous as dust? Who can count even a fourth of Israel's people? Let me die like the righteous. Let my life end like theirs. And the king, Balak, was very angry because he said, I've... I've brought you to curse them, but instead you've blessed them. What God was doing is slowly turning this around. Where the original thing was that they'd be cursed, God said, bless. Bless those people. Why? Because they're descendants of Jacob who what? Fought with God and said, I'm not going to let you leave until the blessings come upon me. Going back to what we said about Abraham. Abraham was blessed by God before the law, right? So obviously it's nothing to do with how good he was. God made up his mind, I'm going to bless him. And this is what the, other, the person that I was talking to the other time said this. I thought, gee, Abraham's a jerk. Why does God bless him? And also says, you know, he was of faith. He was obedient to me. The answer they gave was this, and it was so true. He's blessed because God decided to bless That was it. He was blessed because God said, I'm blessing you. Isn't that pretty big when you think about your Christian walk? Because so many times we feel like we're going to miss out 
on what God's blessing is for us because it's dependent on us. Is that right? We miss out on God's blessing because it's all about us. It's about how good we are, how obedient we've been, how much praise we've done, how much prayer we've done, how much word we've read. No, it's not about you. This is about Jesus Christ who died for you. It's about his righteousness, not yours. His death was about your sin, not his. Jesus didn't die because he sinned, did nothing wrong. And if God has said in his word that Jesus Christ became a curse for you so the blessings of Abraham could come upon you, that is God's decision and it's not yours to argue with. It is not yours to say, well, no, no, I can't be. And this is pretty much what's happening here with Balaam. He's saying, I can't do it. I can't curse the people God hasn't cursed. God's blessed them. It's not even in my power to do that. I want to read you the other two blessings that went upon them from Balaam because they get better and better. Numbers 23, 19. God is not a man, so he does not lie. He is not human, so he does not change his mind. That's very important in regard to the promises for us, isn't it? He has never spoken and failed to act. Has he ever promised and not carried it through? Listen, I received a command to bless. God has blessed and I cannot reverse it. No misfortune is in his plan for Jacob. No trouble is in store for Israel. For the Lord their God is with them. He has been proclaimed their king. God brought them out of Egypt. For them, he is as strong as a wild ox. No curse can touch Jacob. No magic has any power against Israel. For now it will be said of Jacob what wonders God has done for Israel. These people will rise up like a lioness, like a majestic lion rousing itself. They refuse to rest until they have feasted on prey, drinking the blood of the slaughtered. Wow. I want you to think about that in regard to us as a people of God. Verse 23, no curse can touch Jacob. No magic has any power against Israel. For now it will be said of Jacob, what wonders God has done for Israel. You know, we don't need to be afraid of black magic. We don't need to be afraid of demons or devils or anything like that because God has blessed us. He has placed on us a blessing. No curse can touch Jacob and we're part of that promise. Through that line from Abraham and Jacob, we're part of that promise. So why is my life so rotten? Why do I struggle? It's quite possible that your belief systems need to change and you start to sow the promises into your life. There is one more there. I'm not going to read it today. I think that's where I need to end. Please read through Galatians 3 yourself. Read through it. The points I want you to think about are this. The blessing is not dependent on the law. 
because the blessing on Abraham came before the law. The blessing is not dependent on your obedience to the law because Jesus fulfilled the law for you. The law is already dealt with. Okay? God wants to bless you and if he decides to bless you, nothing can stop it. Except for us really not wanting to walk in that or or making that decision that maybe we do do things that aren't aren't godly and we reap the results of those things. But God is not cursing you. God is not cursing you. The things happen, yes they do. And we do always rely on that verse that says God works all things for good. What the devil desired for harm, God turns around for victory in our lives. And this morning I just want to put it out there as, as um, can we have the musicians up? As we start to praise and worship today, I just want you to think about your life. Do you think that God wants to bless you? Was his plan to just save you and that's it? When we look at Jesus, who is perfect, perfect theology, we can see what his real plan is, can't we? To release people from the devil. In fact, that's what he says. To release them from the devil. The devil, the God of this world. But you know what? This is really important. We don't belong to this world anymore. That's a really important verse. When the Bible says you, but you, you are not of this world. Which means that Satan does not have power over you. He does not have dominion over you. He does not have free reign in your life because you actually aren't of this world. You know, diplomats can do horrible things in countries and they get this thing called diplomatic immunity and they can't be charged for it. They could murder someone. As long as they're back in their embassy, they can't be charged for it. Diplomatic immunity. Because they're not of this country. They're of another country. And in a way, that's us. We're not of this world. We're of heaven. And our job is to bring heaven to earth, to work on our faith, not our works. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, faith has works. But you know what I'm saying, right? It's about our believing, our trusting in God, the God who cannot lie, who does not lie, never will lie. And if he's decided to bless you, you better believe you're blessed. You better believe you're blessed. And even you can't stop that blessing. You can walk out of it, but you can't stop it because God's decided that he's going to bless you. That's a good story.